Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Easter Sunday. Although I'm going to be completely honest, I'm recording this on Tuesday night, March 30th. And I have no idea when I'm going to upload. There's, I, I, I haven't done a lot of like record an episode early and then post it to SoundCloud later. Usually when I record an episode, regardless of if it's, you know, a couple days early or in one instance, I think, out of 169 episodes, wherever we're at, uh, I, re- I did it a day late on Memorial Day. But um, usually, you know, I'll just, if I'm doing it on a Thursday, like super early or, you know, midweek something, we'll just upload it when, it when it's finished. But since this is specifically our Easter special, you know, I didn't want to... Uh, you know, I didn't want to upload it on a Tuesday night and not not be able to use that Easter weekend momentum uh, to kind of hoist us, you know, through the weekend. So Tuesday, I feel a little bit early. So I'm not sure when you're listening to this. My point being, obviously, what I usually do on my old Mac, which I only use for recording this show, is you know, I I, I go to SoundCloud log into my account and, and physically upload the file from my, my hard drive. Well, I don't... So I'm going to be out in the suburbs, you know, starting Thursday night through the weekend and not really wanting to have my, my Mac with me because I don't use it for anything other than this show. So I got to go on to SoundCloud and see if there's a way that I can, like... Maybe if I put the audio file in the cloud somewhere, I assume you can upload to SoundCloud from the cloud, uh, like a Google Drive or something. But I got to look into it, you know. Um, What I will make sure I don't do is not have this figured out before I take off for the weekend because the Beantown Podcast is never late. Remember Julie Andrews and Princess Diaries? A a queen is never late. Everyone else is just early. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Princess Diaries 1, Princess Diaries 2, didn't they agree that they're going to do a third one? Uh, I'll have to go back and look at that. I think the whole cast is pretty much still alive, right? Um, We are doing our Easter special this week on the Beantown Podcast. My name is Quinn. This is my show. Listener discretion is advised, especially for today's guest, my mom, everyone. She's going to be joining us in a little bit. Number one, this podcast is... Going to use some language here and there. Number two, it is objectively terrible. We are going to bring in my mom, Dr. Jane Dennison Furness, uh, onto the podcast. I don't think she's been on for quite some time. I don't even remember the last time you know she was on. But I would, uh, I, I figured, you know what, Easter weekend, it's a time for friends, a time for family, a time for Peter Cot. <laughs> That was a belch. Peter Cottontail. I think we sang Peter Cottontail on the podcast, one of these Easter episodes. It's it all, it all kind of starts to run together, to be completely honest. When you're, you know, we have a, a show like Beantown that is very um, topical and thematic. And there are certain holidays and events that recur annually throughout the year. 
that we like to touch on, Easter being one of them. I'm pretty sure we've had a we've had a special Easter episode for every single one of our years, and they tend to be pretty memorable. You know, two years ago we had the uh, the Easter sermon, which didn't didn't do too well. You know, in the deep south, once they figured out that I was making fun of them. But, you know, it was still fun. In case you missed it, in case you're a relatively new listener to the Beantown podcast or you just don't recall what we were talking about two years ago, um, I basically donned, D-O-N-N-E-D, my best southern fried accent and actually wrote my own sermon. I was, I mean, you know, all, all jokes, all kidding aside, I wrote my own sermon as, you know, half an hour long. I never done that before. I don't have any seminarical, seminarical training. S e m i n a r i r i c i a l something like that. Uh, but I wrote a sermon. I was really proud of myself, and I did it. I did an entire podcast in a southern accent, reading a sermon I made. That was two years ago. Last year. We did our Tim Muther interview. Tim Muther was my boss at uh, my my farmer job growing up. Seven, eight years, something like that. Seven years, I think, of corn detasseling in the uh, the hot north central Illinois summer. Uh, we had Tim Muther on. He had some really great poignant thoughts. So my my point being, Easter is usually a fun show for us. But before we get to the goodness. That is my mom. We have breaking news on the Beantown podcast that is like legitimately directly relevant to a very key, a a relatively new but but very key part of our show uh, when it's in season. So you all know Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is um, one of, you know, we, we haven't really had a show on the podcast that we've been directly in, you know, invested in and, and talk about each week, give a recap that really hasn't been a part of it. It hasn't, you know, it, it wasn't part of the, the foundation of the show up until we started, I, I, you know, was turned on by, I think my girlfriend, I don't remember who, but said, Hey, you got to watch real housewives of Salt Lake city. It's that brand new real housewives franchise. And, you know, it started back in what the, late fall, something like that, early to late fall. And it ended, you know, what, two two months ago, something like that. Um, but we have breaking news. Let me get a sip of water here. So to catch everyone up to speed, there's been one season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We watched every episode, recapped every episode, and there was even three weeks of Women Tell All with Andy Cohen. Um, and to recap, we got six housewives. There's uh, Heather and Whitney, who are cousins, and we didn't even find out, or we didn't, we we found out in the women's hall, they didn't even know they were cousins until after they were friends, which is wild. They're they're both blondes. Whitney is is probably like the fan favorite, I would say, because she's more like the most ground. Or Heather is probably the fan favorite. She's the most grounded. Whitney, her dad is the barber. Or the hairstylist who has a, a pain pill addiction and is since gone AWOL and she's kind of got a Minnie Mouse voice and keeps getting boob jobs. And then you have Meredith and Lisa. Meredith has, uh, you know, the rocky relationship with her husband, Seth, 
and her son Brooks, who has his own fashion line, which is one tracksuit, which is pretty awesome. And then you have uh, Lisa, who is pretty crazy. Her kids have this new, I think, what is it called? Fresh Wolf, this new fashion line. Lisa's husband is basically like her employee. Actually, I think he is her employee. It seems like a really bad relationship. Then there's Mary, who is married to her step-grandfather. And she doesn't really do anything. She just owns like six houses and goes to church and instructs the choir sometimes. And then... uh, we get to the topic of today's show. The villain of season one, Jen Shaw, who is just an absolute maniac, married to the uh, defensive backs coach at the University of Utah, Sharif Shah. Jen Shaw is just insufferable and impossible to be around. And if you haven't heard the news... You are hearing it here first, and I'm just going to read you. I I learned about this, I don't know, six hours ago, something like that, mid-afternoon. I'm just going to read you the CNN headline and article verbatim. Here it is, okay? Real Housewives star Jen Shah arrested on federal fraud charges in connection to a nationwide telemarketing scam. Reality TV star Jen Shaw of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was arrested and charged in connection with a telemarketing scheme that defrauded hundreds of people, many of whom are over the age of 55, according to a superseding indictment that was unsealed this week. Her assistant, Stuart Smith, a.k.a. Stu Chains, I added that last part in, but he goes by, or sometimes goes by Stu Chains, was also arrested and charged Tuesday. That's her first assistant, by the way. She has, I think, five. Both Shaw, 47, and Smith, 43, will be, oh, bad writing. It says, will be appear before U.S. Judge Dustin Pede in Salt Lake City Federal Court Tuesday, according to a news release from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York. They have been charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering, the release said. It was not clear if Shaw or Smith have obtained attorneys as of Tuesday afternoon. CNN was also unable to identify representatives for either Shaw or Smith. Bravo has declined to comment. The charges stem from a nine-year scheme in which prosecutors say Shaw and Smith sold alleged services purporting to make the management of victims' businesses more efficient or profitable. These services including t- included tax preparation and website design services, though many of their elderly victims did not own a computer, the release said. Part of the scheme also included Shaw and Smith allegedly trafficking lists of potential victims called leads. Many of the victims had already previously made an initial investment to create an online business with other participants in the scheme, the release said. Shaw and Smith also undertook significant efforts to hide their role in the scheme. Part of these efforts included incorporating their business entities using third-party names and telling other participants to do the same. The duo also directed others to use encrypted messaging applications to communicate with other members of the scheme, instructed them to send shares of certain fraudulent proceeds to offshore bank accounts and made numerous cash withdrawals structured to avoid currency transaction reporting requirements. Shaw and Smith flaunted their lavish lifestyle to the public as a symbol of their success. In reality, they allegedly built their opulent lifestyle at the expense of vulnerable, often elderly working class people, said Peter C. Fitzhugh, 
I don't know how to say it. Special agent in charge of the New York field office of Homeland Security Investigations. The last season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City debuted in November 2020. Shaw is described by Bravo as the queen of her house and her businesses. During the show's reunion episode in February, Bravo host Andy Cohen asked Shaw to clarify what she does for a living. My background is in direct response marketing for about 20 years, so our company does advertising, she said in response. We have a platform that helps people acquire customers, so when you're shopping online or on the internet and something pops, we'll have the algorithm behind why you're getting served that ad. And then there's a clickbait article underneath with Randy Jackson in a, uh, it, it has, it's Randy Jackson, for, uh, the one from American Idol, not uh, Jackson 5. And he's photoshopped to look like he weighs about 105 pounds. He has a Dutch oven-looking sort of pot with a whole bunch of sliced lemons in it. And the headline is Randy Jackson. This drink is like a power wash for your gut. Is it possible to feel better at age 60 than age 40? American Idol Judge Randy Jackson says yes. So if you want to click on that, uh, you know, Oh, there's also an ad for the dating site for highly educated singles in Chicago, Elite Singles. We'll have to check that one out later. Uh, but there you have it, folks. Uh, I was going to say Randy Jackson has been indicted. Jen Shaw is in hot water. And it got me thinking, you know, as I was cooking dinner, <coughs> dinner earlier, Jen Shaw is one of those people who just, you, you just felt like she should be, before today, you just felt like she should be in prison for something. You know, whether it's, you know, what she's actually getting nailed for, wire, wire fraud, uh, money laundering, whatever, or like something more aggressive like battery or assault or just too much Botox, but... It got me thinking, who are, who are some other people that aren't in prison but definitely feel like they should be? I'll start Dr. Oz, okay? And honestly, WTF was Jeopardy thinking with the Dr. Oz, and I think it's still happening, but the Dr. Oz guest host spot, like, it's not as if Dr. Oz has only become controversial in the last five days. I mean, this guy has been like publicly outed as a snake oil salesman for years and years. So for Jeopardy to just casually be like, yeah, come on, host this extremely popular, well-known, wholesome, nationally syndicated probably the greatest game show of all time, you know, and put him up there with, you know, Trip Beck and Ken Jennings. And I mean, I don't care that much about Katie Couric, but Katie Couric and whomever else they've had is just like, what, what on earth were they thinking? You have to be so intentional with that choice. But anyways, definitely feels like Dr. Oz should be serving some prison time. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of Dr. Hoven. Uh, there's this great guy, Dr. What is his name? Larry Hoven, something like that. Ken, I don't know. Um, I think what is it? H O V A N D. I don't know. Kind of like a Jim Baker esque. Um, 
Dr. Hoven. I, I don't even remember. But what got me thinking about it was, well, basically, if you don't know, Dr. Kent, Kent Hoven, H-O-V-I-N-D. He's, you know, like a, like a televangelist kind of and a tax protester, according to his Wikipedia page, Kent E. Hovind. Um, he's, a, he's a controversial figure in the Young Earth Creationist Movement, and he's definitely been to jail before. Um, yeah, he served a 10-year prison sentence. Not bad. Um, basically, oh, he's also the founder of Dinosaur Adventureland, an Earth Creationist theme park in Pensacola, with a slogan where dinosaurs and the Bible meet. Mm. The reason I was thinking about him was because um, <laughs> he used to, or, or we used to at church, not so much me, but I think my older brothers uh, would, you know, be in Sunday school or like Bible class or whatever. And our teacher would basically just turn on the, the Dr. Hoven tapes. These things are like quintessential mid-90s style tapes. Um, and the reason I going all the way back to the start, the reason I bring him up, not just because, you know, Dr. Hoven, Dr. Oz, et cetera, but Rachel and I were, um, watching TV the other night at her place, trying to find the, the basketball game on TV before we just switched it to the app and watch it there. But <laughs> she, I don't, they don't pay for cable, but they get a whole lot of funky channels. And you know, when, when you start getting up into the, you know, the 300 levels, you're getting like bounce and BET and CW Jr. And then you get a whole lot of Bible channels. And we definitely made our way through and past some great like Bible teaching lectures that I wish I I wish we had ruminated and spent some more time on. Um there is also this great and and you know what we're gonna I'm going to ask my, my mom when she comes on. We're, I mean, we're, it's our Easter episode, so we're talking about Easter. But we're all, I'm also going to get her her thoughts, her take on Jen Shaw. And then I also want to get her take. There was this, like, one-day seminar growing up that she took my siblings and I to. It was all about, you know, it's something some sort of creationist movement. I don't know. But it was at uh, Rock Church. And I think there were there were some great songs I just want to see if she re, if she recalls any more than I do. I mean, solid 20 years ago, so we're going to see. But uh, it's worth a shot, and I remember it being like all day. In fact, I think it was like a morning session. We came home for lunch and went back in the afternoon, which sounds extremely ridiculous, but I think that's what happened. Anyways, hey, if there are other people you should think you think that should be in prison— Go ahead and let us know. Email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, B-E-A-N-T-O-N-Podcast at yahoo.com. And let us know, who do you think that's currently not in prison should be in prison for any reason? I'm not discriminatory. We're having we're having some laughs here. Uh, I want to give up, before we, we get my mom on the phone, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for this week's episode, Home Pride, Oregon. When you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you, you, you need to rely on someone that you can, can that you can trust. He's going to have your back. He knows, you know, Princess Diaries references as well as I do. And he's not going to prison. Uh, it's my dad, Steve Furness. Call him. Uh, f- uh, boy, what's the number? 
What is the home part of Oregon number? I don't I don't know. I'm struggling tonight. Uh, I don't usually record after 9 p.m. Uh, you can always go to homeprideoregon.com and get started there. Five five four zero four four one zero five something oh three one six. You know what? If you just start mashing numbers, you'll get it. Five four one four one zero oh three one six. Is that right? Can someone double check that? My phone is on the other side of the room. Um, also, uh, cuts by Q. When you need a fresh, do something snappy and new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. That's 298-815-298-7200. Or you can email Cuts by Q at Yahoo.com. And that's Cuts, Q-U-T-Z, by Q at Yahoo.com. And then, of course, the Samson Q2U series. Even though we're doing an interview tonight, we are flying solo. So I'm going to do my best in a minute here when we get my mom on the phone to put her on a nice loudspeaker. Hold it right up to the microphone, and I'm hoping that uh, the audio works out okay. But thanks again to our great sponsors, and uh, welcome to the second half of our show. It is our Easter Spectacular. We spent the first 20 minutes talking about people who should be in prison and uh, Jen Shah, who hopefully will be there soon, because that would be a whole new element. We're talking like Real Housewives, Orange is the New Black crossover, and maybe a little bit of Oz thrown in, which I've never seen, but I've heard great things. Honestly, I would watch that even more than I already watch Real Housewives, which is kind of hard to do. But um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put a quick pause on this episode. We are going to get my mom on the phone. We're going to be asking her about uh, Jen Shah, someone who thinks who she thinks should be in prison, uh, that great creationist seminar we went to, and then we'll get her uh, thoughts on Easter this year. So we'll be back in a, a jiffy with the best part of the show. Hang on. All right. Welcome back to the Bean Tom podcast. And, and yeah, that's that's my mom who's just chiming right in without any sort of introduction. Uh, <laughs> she can't wait. She's too excited to be on live air. Super, super excited. Dr. Jane, Dr. Jane Dennison Furness, welcome back to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you, son. Thank you for inviting me back. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course, and right before we we started recording again, I was catching my mom up to speed on the big headline breaking news story of the day. Uh, Jen Shah, of course, indicted on two counts, one for wire fraud and one for uh, money laundering, along with her first assistant, Stu Chains. And uh, in case you couldn't quite tell what mom was getting at right when we jumped back in, she had pulled up a picture of Jen Shaw for the first time in her life uh, 30 seconds ago, apparently never, never having seen this woman before. So, mom, I want to I get your reactions on the big news story. Well, first I have to tell you, when I pulled up the picture, it was visceral. I recoiled. The hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I thought, this is not natural. So that was my first reaction. And then I started reading a little bit, and I see here that Jen Shaw is facing up to 30 years in prison on wire fraud and money money laundering conspiracy charges. So that's pretty serious. But, of course, because she is white and from a point of privilege and has a lot of money, we know she'll probably get, I don't know, um, some probation, community service. Maybe she'll have to you know, do a photo op in a soup kitchen or something. So I'm not expecting a whole lot out of that. But um, 
yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Typical white collar crime. Um, she'll get off. Sad to say, but it's actually very interesting. When you first mentioned that you had a visceral reaction to her picture, I assumed it was a race thing because I believe she's half Tongan, half black. And so then to hear you call her white was very interesting. I think we've opened up a whole can of worms on, oh yeah, this, if there are riots in the streets of Provo tomorrow, we know who to blame. And, uh, yeah. I have to say in my defense, I pulled her up and I looking at a little YouTube, you know, icon. I didn't even open the article. So I just see her from, gosh, she's probably about three centimeters high here in my, uh, now I open the article and I can see, and I, I remember you talking about her as a woman of color, um, but I would never know that from looking at her. So in my tiny little three millimeter picture of her. So my apologies to the Tongan and African-American community um, for casting any aspersions on her by calling her white. But I'm still going to say point of privilege. She's rich. She'll get off. Uh, yeah. While a person who gets a, a three times drug arrest for having a small amount of marijuana will, will fall under the three strikes and you're out and go to prison for the rest of their life. So I have issues with that. For any more on that, see my son, Esquire Jack podcast. He's not yet an Esquire, and I think you could, you could face federal accounts of libel for that. You are really checking off all the boxes tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Well, that, we're, we're just kind of retracing our steps from the first 22 minutes, and I wanted to get uh, see, if, see if you, Mom, had any thoughts on this. We had mentioned, you know, it, it, our, in our call to action this week for the listeners who want to say, see if there are any people out there that are not currently imprisoned that uh, you just kind of, not maybe a personal vendetta or maybe just... Maybe they're just icky, and you think that they should be serving hard time. For me, it was uh, Dr. Oz. I'm wondering if you have anyone other than, you know, I think the obvious one, Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, but anyone else who you think should should be doing hard time, Ma? Well, in the words of my father, William James Dennison, the late William James Dennison, the whole uh, criminals Association, which is what Grandpa called the Cowboys, the criminals, um, they should probably be incarcerated. So no no aspersions cast there. But uh, definitely Giuliani. Is there anybody in the world who looks more guilty and every time he opens his mouth, holy Moses. Um, definitely uh, our former president. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Donald J. Trump, and I think that he is one of the most... Um, unethical human beings I've ever had the not privilege of knowing. So yeah, uh, both of them for sure. And then we could probably just go through his cabinet and his cronies and, um, we can definitely throw Mitch McConnell in there. I, I, I'm ashamed and embarrassed. I was reading an article on NPR today about how many, um, Trump supporters who've been vaccinated, who were touting that, that the, uh, COVID-19 wasn't real and they have privately gone gotten vaccinated and i just find that reprehensible while their constituents are dying so yeah that would be my top three Mm, that's a pretty good list a lot of a lot of white men huh i'm sensing a pattern here white men yeah Mm. yeah no Mm. comment Mm. 
Well, that and it it led you know we were really just following down the rabbit trail here when I started talking about Doctor Oz, which I had gotten to by mentioning. I, you know, I was talking about going to prison, and that made me think of the show Oz. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't, but it takes place in a prison. So then I thought, well, then Dr. Oz. And then I thought Dr. Kent Hovind, who was a oh, yes. uh, a, a televangelist sort of VHS mid-'90s favorite who did spend some time in prison for tax evasion. But you that made oh, – The outfit is amazing. you got to look him up. Some good – pastel colored suits very easter appropriate oh yeah and that reminded me and this was something where i needed i needed you in real time because i couldn't really recall what it was or or what the what the deal was what's the deal with creationism um there was a fun fun i think day-long seminar of sorts maybe 20 years ago that you took my siblings and i to and there was talk of of dinosaurs and there were some fun songs and i'm just wondering if you could shed some more light on what that all was about yeah i'd be happy to so that was during my dark period um when i was first enamored with charismatic evangelical christianity and i I now call myself a post-evangelical and don't even go by the christian moniker anymore because it's so associated with right wing fundamentalism and I don't want any part of it but yeah I I seriously regret um taking you to that uh presentation on creationism uh which I did not grow up believing in but as a, a young mom with four kids and wanting to raise them um to be good Christians and be dis- disciplined and um I became involved with that church, Rock Church in Rockford, Illinois, and there were some things that came out of that that were good. There were a lot of things that were not so good, and one of them was this adherence to creationism, which I absolutely disavow and and want nothing to do with anymore. But that presentation, even when I came away from it after taking you kids there, it was intellectually uh, abusive. It was so dismissive of facts and science. They had puppets talking about creationism and Noah's Ark. And I was just, I didn't know what to say. And at the time I hadn't, I had my associate's degree. I didn't have a bachelor's degree even. I had a very um, tenuous understanding of evolution. And since then that has changed, but yeah, I, I regret that. It was embarrassingly um, inane. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. And Dr. Hoban, while I never sat in on one of your Sunday schools where they showed, uh, where you were shown those videos, I've seen pictures of him and, and little snippets of him. And what a quack, what an absolute ass. So, yeah, there are a number of things I regret, and those are two of them. Well, that's okay. Newt Gingrich was a hell of a drug, and we were all hopped up well, and having a good time. Four to incarcerate, we can add him to the list. Oh wow, <laughs> number four. I think Newt Gingrich has has been the same age for the last twenty years or so. <laughs> him and him and Pat Robertson, <laughs> yeah. they don't age, or oh, they number five. Yeah, wow, we're really building our list here. <laughs> and then Bob Jones could be number six. Ooh, what about Oral Roberts? I know he's dead, oh, but... Man, throw him. Mm. I think he's dead, but we can throw him on the heap, too. Yeah, mm, a good heap. Mm. I don't know. Were you following the Oral Roberts March Madness run? 
No, I know nothing about it. Fill me in. Well, they they made it. They're out now, but they made it to the uh, Sweet Sixteen, which is pretty impressive for a for-profit Christian university. So yeah, well, praise God. Actually, I got that wrong. I don't think Oral Roberts is for-profit, but Grand Canyon State is for-profit, and they made it to the tournament too. So big year for Christians. Baylor's in the Final Four. Gonzaga's in the Final Four. So it is just a Catholic ass-whooping or a a Christian ass-whooping this year. And as you know, as a public community college professor, I'm a big fan of proprietary institutions that take advantage of young people and veterans. Always been a big fan. And, yeah, that was half of what I wrote my dissertation on. Awesome. Fabulous. Mm, good stuff. Well, I wanted I, I wanted to finish up because it's our Easter special, and uh, we're about thirty three minutes in here, and haven't haven't had a ton of Easter chat. But I I'm wondering if if you want to share your thoughts on the you know the true meaning of Easter or past you know Easters of 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 long time your that you might want to share any thoughts at all on on Easter for the show. Well, I would like to point out that it was family tradition, true meaning of Easter, to hide Easter baskets. And then you kids had to find those baskets. And for whatever reason, Jack Henry, friend of the podcast, was never able to locate his baskets. I think you were probably the first or, or the first one very often to find your basket. But your brother Jack Henry seemed to not... Uh, be able to quite figure that out and so often it would take a lot of very direct and pointed clues to lead jack henry to his basket but uh yeah that was always a lot of fun when you were really little before you could even search for your baskets like when you were in two or so we would leave jelly bean trails from your bed to the basket which was always fun a lot of fun trying to keep the dog from eating that was fun um, and then I'd like to mention one more thing, and that has to do with coloring eggs with you, Quinn David Furness, when you were a little boy. I don't know if friends of the podcast know how naughty you were as a little boy, but you were probably the naughtiest little boy I've ever met. And it was hard to discipline you because I simultaneously was frustrated with you and admired how devious you were as a little guy. So I'd be smiling while disciplining you. And when we color eggs, Quinn David, I would hand you an egg and say, now, Quinn, put it in the dye slowly, carefully, and you'd get that impish grin. And I'd say, Quinn David, don't crush that egg in your hands. Don't you dare crush that egg in your hands. And you'd look at me and lower it toward the pause coloring in the bowl and then take your hand and crush it every single freaking time. I just, I don't know what to say, Quinn. What were you thinking? Uh, j- just being impish. <laughs> I do. This is. I have a couple of questions. Thank you for for sharing all of that um, about a couple of things you said. But first and foremost uh, is very relevant. Just this past weekend, uh, we were chatting with some other people. I'm not here to name names, but someone claimed that you are unable. And and for all you middle school science kids out there, go get. Go get an egg from the fridge. You can try it along live with us. But someone who shall not be named, who, who is not my mom, claimed that you cannot crack an egg or, or break yes. an egg with one hand uh, just by squeezing it. And, uh, Mom, why don't you fill us in on what happened next? Yeah, that person who shall remain nameless but whose name rhymes with Melly. 
um, mentioned on family chat that you cannot crush an egg with one hand. And I said, I've never heard that. So I ran to the fridge and grabbed a dozen eggs and holding my hand up with the egg in it for everyone to see during a Zoom family chat, proceeded to, in one swift move, crush the egg and egg went flying everywhere. So um, then there was a quick backpedaling by Melly to try to explain what I did wrong in the crushing of the egg. But I'm, I'm not sure we ever had resolution on what happened there. Yeah, it sounds pretty fishy to me. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't... So. Conspiracy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't I try like it myself, COVID. but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, election meddling and fraud. Yeah, it's all in there. Yeah, and I I have not tried out the uh, the one egg challenge for myself, mm-hmm. but uh, I, it just it doesn't it doesn't sound right to me. No. So I don't know. Maybe we can get a some sort of someone with a master's of science out there mm-hmm. who could who could respond to this show. Um, I want to, I don't think I know the answer to this. I'm legitimately curious. The concept of hiding the Easter basket. What's, what's the history on that? So I, I don't know beyond my family of origin, and that would be Bill and Max Dennison and my siblings, Anna, Lori, Jim, and Andy. But that's how I grew up, that we each had a basket, and the basket was hidden, and you had to find it. And there were, of course, the, col- the eggs that we had colored the previous day or previous days, um, a few days before Easter. And then some, of course, you know, malted milk eggs and uh, jelly beans, things like that. We never had those big, amazing chocolate bunnies that are hollow. I always wanted one, but never got one. But I do remember as a little girl, and this was back when we went to Latin Mass in the Catholic Church, and you wore gloves and a little doily or whatever on your head and carried your missalette. I one time put a bunch of those chocolate eggs in my pocket of my dress and went to church and pretended to cough and shoved the chocolate in my mouth. And my mother saw me and gave me a really nasty pinch on my leg to let me know that that was inappropriate and not acceptable. But it was worth the pinch because those eggs were so damn good. And uh, yeah, and it it made the, the service a little more bearable. That is a good story, and thank you for sharing that. What uh, what what about the? Uh, I don't know if this is uh, infringing on Easter Bunny turf, but when you would when you'd hide the baskets as a parent, do you do it late at night or do you do it early in the morning? Oh, that's a hard one, Quinn, because we were so exhausted after taking care of you kids, especially naughty Quinn that it was really hard to stay awake and you guys would not always fall asleep quickly. So often it was waking up in the morning and going, Oh shit, we got to hide the baskets and running to hide the basket before you kids would wake up. So I would say similar to, um, helping Santa stuff stockings more often than not, it's done at about four thirty or five in the morning when we become semi-conscious and realize we have not done our duty as good parents. Mm. Good, good insights, good tips. I, I've always wondered that, and I haven't haven't asked about Santa because that seems like sli- slightly more uh, sacred ground. Yeah. But oh, uh, yeah, that's sacred. E- Easter Bunny kind of seems like the the cheap springtime knockoff, so I'm not not as concerned. 
in any other uh, final Easter thoughts before we, we wrap it up tonight? Well, I do have to mention that I was watching 30 Rock today, season six, and I'd never seen the episode where they talk about Leap Year William. Mm. And I thought, dang, all these years we haven't celebrated Leap Year William. Yes. Which, of course, your great-grandma Ella Baronic was born on Leap Year. And I remember being a young girl and going to her 16th birthday party, which I thought was pretty damn cool to go to your grandma's 16th birthday. Um so I was thinking, I don't know, we might be adding Leap Year William to our celebrations in the future, along with Festivus, which, of course, we always celebrate. Well, the bad news is we're going to have to wait about three years and 11 months to celebrate the next one. That is true. Is that Yeah, Leap Year was this year, right? Was it? Uh, oh, wait, no, no, sorry, sorry. It's 2021. It was last year was Leap Year. Last year. It's 2020. Okay. It's the same year as the Summer Olympics. I spaced yeah. out for a second. Embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. I don't usually record podcasts at 9.30 p.m., so I'm a little off yeah. my game. Yeah. Mm. Wow, it's 9.30 out there? It's only 7.30 here. Wow. Damn daylight savings time. Time mm. warp. Yeah. Good one, Mom. Um, hey, how about that Suez Canal? Oh, man. I can't believe they got that big old tanker unstuck that was amazing those are some powerful tugboats i i that's impressive really impressive i think what's most impressive is to think about how much we really rely on the suez canal and how it can hold the world economy hostage think mm. about that yeah that in uh gamestop and we always have to say gamestop jack has always given us the gamestop uh recommendation or what was his other one on sam chat Robinhood, yeah. Well, those are GameStop as a company with shares. Robinhood is an investment site, so they're kind of exactly. different and things. Like but to bring those up. They've, they've kind of become like a, a thing you say at the end of everything. GameStop, Robinhood, mm. whatever. That's what she said. Wow, there's there's a lot going on. I think that's our cue to to wrap up this year's Easter special. But I want to give a special thank you to my mom, Dr. Jane Dennison Furnace, for being on the show. Today, Mom, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, sweetie. Love you. Stay safe. And I can't wait till you get your second vaccination. Yay for vaccinations. Then I can go back to licking poles like in a Christmas story. Don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Mm. All right. Thanks again for being on the show. All right. Love you, too. Talk to you later. Bye. And I tell you what, those poles... Hated. There are a lot of them in the western suburbs in particular, and if you don't ask for their consent first, they get grumpy. Uh, thanks again to my mom, Dr. Jane Dennison Furness, for being on the show for this year's Easter special, the year for special. Uh, we are going to be, uh, you know, keeping you up to date with the latest Jen Shaw news each week here as something new comes out and uh, we'll see what happens with it. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I am a little baffled that my Mac did not crap out or at least GarageBand did not crap out as doing that thing where it, uh, it's super choppy and it looks like it updates about once every two seconds or so. And I thought we were going to lose it for sure, but uh, it's not improving. It's only getting worse. So before I really tempt fate 
and risk losing the audio file, we're going to wrap it up. So again, hopefully you're listening to this closer to Easter, not actually on Tuesday night. Hopefully I'm able to find a way to um, upload it from the cloud, and that way I'll be able to do it this weekend uh, while with... Um, the uh, the Ramos family out in the suburbs. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I hope you're able to don your best pastel suits this weekend and hopefully it is nice weather wherever you are and uh, God is risen, whatever that means for you. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Appreciate your support after all these years. This has been the year four Easter special of Quinn David Ferns presents the Beantown podcast. Thanks to our sponsors and thanks most of all to you all, the friends of the podcast. Apologies to uh, Rhymes with Melly <laughs> for the name drop here. It wasn't me, okay? Hands up, don't shoot. Uh, everyone, stay safe, stay sane. We're going to get some uh, outro music going for you. Happy Easter to all, and to all a good night. I will check in on you next time. Bye. <laughs>